Welcome to the final episode of Series 6 of Two Guys, One Topic. I'm Liam. And I'm Ollie. And for those of you who don't know, or for any new listeners, each episode we take a topic that we know very little about and we give ourselves a week to read and research it. But today we do something slightly different. What we do in general is we do the hard work, find out the information about a topic and then share the most important pieces of information with you, the listeners. Yeah, but this week we are summing up the series. So what we're doing is we've tried to keep track of any news, notable pieces of news to do with the topics that we've learned over the last few weeks. And uh, we're just going to share any updates or, or try to answer any questions that we've been asked by our listeners. So we're not experts, although we might be slightly more experts than we were a few weeks ago, right? Sounds good to me. Let's get on with this week's episode, which is our series wrap up called And Another Thing. Liam, we're into the end of series six then. Wow. Another series ticked and done. Who'd have thought it? How's that? And now also, how much stuff have I learned since we started doing this? Well, since we started doing this series, but since we started doing the whole thing. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And thank you so much for everybody who gets involved and sends kind messages and people who are saying that they, they're enjoying all the shows. We, um, yeah, we're super enjoying it, aren't we? And it's been another eclectic mix this series of different topics for us to learn about yeah yeah we're like bananas acupuncture florence nightingale the stock market marvel avengers like you know they, they don't there's no link to anything that none of them are linked to each other no uh, it's just totally random stuff but you know hopefully everyone that's out there is listening you know they're, they're doing exactly what we say everyone's learning just a little bit more even if you forget like the episode's what, like 40 minutes long? You might just remember two little snippets of information. Yes. And, and that's more That's more stuff, isn't it? That's more stuff to, that you know that you didn't know before. Exactly. Or it might even just be that you think, that sounds like an interesting topic. I'm going to get into it even more and maybe do even more research or, or look into it a little bit. But shall we rewind back then to the start of Series 6 with the very first episode of the series, which was Bananas. Bit of a... A random one to start with? Yeah, so so what we what we do um, throughout the series, don't we, is we just try and, you know, every now and then just keep an eye on the news, maybe send each other links about stuff we missed or, or make a note of perhaps comments people have made and then we just try and remember to sort of sum them up. Some of these topics, not so much new stuff's happened. Uh, <laughs> some of them, you know, you know, some of them are very thin on the ground. But I think, yeah, bananas. Um, but before we do, quick, what can you tell me about, what's the what's your standout thing that you remember we learned? Bananas was our f- first episode of this series like 12 weeks ago. Yeah. 13 I like weeks that. ago. What, what do you remember? Yeah, that's a good idea. What Should we do that for each topic then? What's your standout thing for each topic that we've learned this yeah. series? Yeah. Okay. When, um, when somebody says to you about bananas now, you go, oh, I did an episode about that. And I remember this. What do you remember? This is the thing. And I said it on the episode. It's absolutely blew my mind that I've been lied to since I've been a child. Bananas don't grow on trees. <laughs> yeah, true. That is true. the biggest thing. So they, they actually grow on herbs. <laughs> and the world's yeah. biggest herb as well in that, in fact. How about you? What's the thing that stands out for you? Uh, so I remember two things. One, all bananas are clones of each other and they're all the same. Just about, just about every banana is called the Cavendish and they're all basically a clone of each other. And two, the word banana comes from the old Arabic word for fingertip banan yes so you know when when they first saw them they looked like a bunch of fingers wouldn't they and uh 
they've obviously that's where the names come from and i'll just remember those two things <laughs> <laughs> didn't we we updated throughout the series didn't we we had somebody who was asking us about banana and we weren't entirely sure if it was old arabic but we had that verified didn't we somebody came and said to us yes it does actually yeah. mean old arabic yeah. for fingers um yeah but so one thing we do have to mention though so the reason the thing that i've got to mention about bananas we were contacted on facebook by one of our new super fans of this series dan holes um i think we'll mention him again a bit later but he questioned where the term top banana came from yeah and he was sad that, that we didn't mention it so <laughs> yeah fair point i suppose <laughs> <laughs> so it came from the 1920s you know like in burlesque times in like old victorian london sort of places okay. uh, they would um there was a comedy skit so there were three comedians on stage and it's a very obscure skit. And what they were doing is they, they were arguing or fighting over three over two bananas. There was only three of them, and they were fighting over two bananas. Like the alpha of those three comedians on stage would always end up with the big banana. Right. And then he would be referred to as top banana. And then the second guy would get the second banana and be called second banana. Ever since then, the term top banana means to be the most powerful or important person in a group. So if you are top banana, you're like, oh, that man is top banana. He is number one. But really, it's because of this really obscure comedy skit that involved them fighting over two bananas and the, ah. the best one getting the biggest banana. Okay, nice. Yeah, that, that explains that. That makes sense. That is super obscure, <laughs> though, isn't it? For it to then grow into such a widely used phrase. But yeah, I guess everything's got to start somewhere. My, yeah. my little update for everybody um was going to mention and it, it links back to when we learn about bananas and you were saying that they're all a clone now and they're they're all the cavendish type that's because before the 1950s there was the other type that everybody used to eat called the gros michel bananas they all got wiped out by panama disease and i was reading in the news that they're getting a little bit worried again because there was another strain of this panama disease that started ripping through some banana plantations over in South America of the new ones only only at the end of last year. Um, but they've managed to stop it and thankfully slowing it down. So it, there's always this worry, which we mentioned in the episode, that could bananas get wiped out again? And there could be a benefit because remember we were talking about there are blue bananas or like strawberry tasting yeah. bananas. Maybe one of yeah. those might come to the come to the forefront and then be the main banana yeah. that we eat the, the ice cream banana one of them was an ice creamy vanilla flavor wasn't it or something exactly all right so bananas what was our second episode it was acupuncture so what can you if someone says acupuncture to you what do you think of meridians yeah. and your ghee and that they flow around your body and uh ancient chinese would manipulate these meridian areas on your body but it turns out like accidentally they probably were just manipulating like really big nerve centers on your body and that's how it may or may not work yeah exactly yeah i think for me yeah meridians was a word that sort of stuck out and just to remind people yeah acupuncture is sticking those small needles into different parts of your body and th the thing that sticks in my mind is it seems that the ancient Chinese were onto something and sticking these needles in these meridian lines, which are actually made up lines. They don't exist, do they? Yeah. They yeah. were actually yeah. onto something, but they don't really know how or why. And it's just acupuncture still isn't proven at all, is it? They don't really know how or why. Uh, they can't statistically no, are, um, prove it. 
there are lots of you know you just read the news about acupuncture once a week or something there's there's always another report that says acupuncture might work for this and it might work for this and uh i think if we listed all the things it now might work for like you said it's not statistically proven it's not statistically significant they can't they can't back it up completely but Um, like you're saying every week almost there seems to be a new study they had one that came out of china a couple of weeks back saying that it could help irritable bowel syndrome there was then one a couple of weeks before that saying that it could really help people who are pregnant with their back and pelvic pain um so yeah there's there's lots of studies that are coming out all the time but again not statistically significant to then say it should work for everybody but but there is there is more coming out around like how you can then try and use acupuncture yourself, isn't there? Yeah, I read, a, it was on the, I think it's CNBC, they did an interview with a, an acupuncturist and they were saying like two dead easy go-to ways if you've got a headache or, well, they said headache, but pain as well. Two places to, to put pressure. One of them is at the base of your skull, just by your ears. I'm doing it right now on camera, but you know, somewhere just below your ears, where's that bony bit is. So what you do, you're putting your, your, both your hands together, put them behind your head. Yeah, put my yeah, linking my fingers, putting it behind my head as if I'm going to try and relax and use it as a pillow, and I'm using my thumbs to push the little bony bits just at the back of my skull by my ears. You can feel it. Like, I don't know if that works. But anyway, there's one, and the other one is to squeeze the bit between your finger and thumb, that fleshy bit of like web. Yeah, squeeze that, but particularly close to your bones of your finger. So not quite in the middle of the fleshy bit between your thumb and your finger, but the bit sort of over towards your finger squeeze that apparently yeah um, and so that was slightly different so acupuncture is using needles and then what they're saying there is using your meridians and doing acupressure um yeah. and it was i did read with that one on, on your hand it was saying if you're pregnant you've got to be careful to do it too much because it might be overstimulating whatever that means yeah. but um okay. yeah so yeah not a whole lot has changed with acupuncture even though it's there's new studies all the time yeah all right, number three, in at three. In at three was the World Cup. Oh, well, well, a lot happened. Well, I say a lot happened. Not a lot's changed other than the World Cup happened. What do you remember about the World Cup? When I got, we learned it, what, what's your takeaway? I got two things. I might not remember the story quite correctly, but where you had the, the physio running on, knocking himself <laughs> out with chloroform. That was definitely a, yeah. a, good, a good memory from one of the early that, that World Cups. It. That was in the semi-final of the first World Cup, I think. Yeah, it was an American guy. He ran on, tripped over his own bag or tripped over something, crashed into his own medical bag, broke his own chloroform bottle, knocked himself out. That's get carried <laughs> off himself. <laughs> so that's exactly what I read. But my favourite thing I remembered from the World Cup. Was that. And then the, the other thing was that it started by being like kicked out of the Olympics. Yeah. That for me yeah. sort of stuck in my mind. They weren't going to be and, um, included as an Olympic sport. So Jules Ramey was the guy who then said, well, let's start our own football World Cup. And um, Uruguay, so Uruguay won the first World Cup and a lot of sports fans will probably say, football fans will say, oh, they only won it because they hosted it. They were the best team in the world at the time. They'd won yep. the, the two previous Olympics. They were really, really good and did deserve to win it. But they hosted it. They hosted it because they were current champions of yeah. like Olympics. So, yeah. um, and then they didn't, they didn't go to the next World Cup, did they? Because they thought it'd be in Europe. And they, they wouldn't travel. So loads of teams from Europe wouldn't travel to Uruguay. So when the second World Cup went around, Uruguay wouldn't go to Europe. And then the third World Cup was in Europe again. So Uruguay again went, well, we're not going because you said it was coming back and it never did. <laughs> so they then skipped two World Cups in a row. 
And then we had India who decided not to turn up because FIFA changed the rules that you had to wear footwear around the 1950s. Yeah, yeah there's, there's some good stories yeah. back there. But yeah, we've obviously had the FIFA 2022 World Cup that's um, that, that happened. That sort of coincided with us doing the episode, which was good of FIFA to schedule the World Cup then. But yeah. It was, an, it was a huge success, wasn't it? It was shrouded in a lot of controversy beforehand um, around human rights and just the way that they treat people and the building of the stadiums and what have you. Yeah. But football-wise, on the pitch, it was amazing, wasn't it? Like, arguably the best World Cup ever. Yep, Argentina won it. Messi's gone off into the sunset. Well, not quite, but he's now got a World Cup to his name, hasn't he? You know, the celebrations in Argentina are pretty mental. There were like millions of people on the street. They had to abandon their bus, didn't they? And get a heli. They'd do yes. a flyby on a helicopter because they couldn't do a, like an open-top bus. Yeah, Argentina winning on penalties, pretty exciting. Um, it, but what else made it really exciting was the the group stages, wasn't it? Just they, the format that they had really really worked and we said in the episode that that format's changing for the next world cup yeah so for this world cup they had eight groups of four um and we said that the next world cup's gonna have 48 teams in and the current plan was to have 16 groups of three but this world cup was particularly the group stages were so exciting towards the end that um they've said they're gonna certainly reevaluate whether they're gonna go with 16 groups of three or what would be 12 groups of four how qualification would work at that point, I don't know, but that's, yeah, that's it was all, all a lot of the groups came down to the final matches, didn't they? Like deciding if someone yeah. would get through or not. Whereas the newly proposed plans yeah. that they had would mean that it wouldn't be as significant and you wouldn't have that excitement because you'd almost know who's going through before the yeah. final group. And, um, you know, we said in the episode, why would you host it? You know, it's, it's like a, like, um, it's almost like a tourism. It's like a huge advertisement, isn't it, for yep. your country? And FIFA have since, you know, released some figures about the viewing figures and they're, they're astronomical. They reckon oh. one and a half billion people watched the final. Yeah, massively. Like, and that's that's up like over 400 million from the tournament in Russia. So yeah. like their their whole argument, and we, we sort of found out during the, the episode, a lot of FIFA sort of boils down to money as well. They've and they've done all right. <laughs> this it was saying this last four years, this last World Cup cycle, FIFA have generated about seven and a half billion dollars in revenue. And but the idea being is that they, by going into these new markets, by going into these new areas, having their first Middle Eastern World Cup, so many more people are watching, and so these viewing figures will, will go up. But some of the some of the viewing figures and some of the interactions on social media is through the roof, isn't it? Yeah, they think they're over 260 billion interactions across their social media accounts, which is like, it's nuts. And that's why they can afford to pay, you know, that's why sponsors pay so much to get involved because yep. there's just so many eyes on it, it, it across everything, not just telly, not just watching it, just following it, however. So, yeah. I, I read that it was, I read that 93% of Qatar watched the final. Right. Apparently, which... How many people in Qatar? <laughs> yeah but i mean how many people from qatar would have watched the russian world cup or would have watched the brazil world cup beforehand True. so yeah just putting it True. in new markets all right episode four that is thanksgiving you say thanksgiving to me what jumps out it's that it was a bunch of english people who sailed over to the east coast of the u.s 
They nearly all died off. There was only about 100 of them. 50 of them died off. Then the native Indians were really kind to them. They ended up having a meal to say thank you for the native Indians looking after them. Then a couple of years later, they turned on them. I think that's yeah. that's Thanksgiving to me. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, similar. I, I remember where black, the Black Friday phrase um, that we we now think to mean buying stuff actually originated in Philadelphia. The week, the, the days after Thanksgiving, people had come to Philadelphia for Thanksgiving. They'd all joined, and then there was a big football match in Philadelphia on the Saturday after the Thursday, and on the Friday. Everybody would go into Philadelphia ready for this giant football, American football match. And, uh, you know, a bit of hassle, a bit of looting, perhaps a bit of violence that shouldn't have been there. And then the police termed it like, oh, this is a dangerous, you know, this is Black Friday's coming. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that term was repurposed to mean something else. You made a really good point Not about how in Dubai, where you are, everywhere it says Black Friday sales, which comes from Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's, but it's yeah. got nothing to do with Thanksgiving, like in Dubai, has it? Yeah, they've got no idea. They don't know anywhere. Nobody, nobody knows Black Friday's yeah. come off of Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that it's linked to Thanksgiving, or that it kicks off the day after Thanksgiving. But that is where it came from originally. The other Friday random, random thing from Thanksgiving for me was how it was an unofficial holiday and different people were celebrating it until there's a lady that petitioned the president to then get it an official holiday. Do you remember the the nursery rhyme that she's also credited for writing? Um, it's one of the ones about sheep. It's either Bar Bar Black Sheep or Mary Had a Little Lamb. Yes. Mary Had a Little Lamb. I think it's yes. Mary Had a Little Lamb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mary Had a Little Lamb. That's a, a random claim to fame. She, yeah, Mary little, Had a Little Lamb and also making Thanksgiving an official holiday in 1789. But there is, unfortunately, not very much updates, is there? No. <laughs> Thanksgiving no. changed. There was a load of flu oh, outbreak, wasn't there, after this year's sort of like COVID flu with everybody getting together at Thanksgiving. There was a massive spike in the US with people getting unwell the week after, but not a whole lot to report. Yeah. Okay. All right. So next is cigarettes. What would you think of cigarettes? Someone said to you, tell me about cigarettes. Well, don't take them. They've got bajillions of of, of um uh, bad stuff in them, poisoning them. They've got, they contain chemicals that are proven to cause cancer. That that's a bit mind-boggling. Like like these, yeah. they're not pretending. This is evidenced. But if you lined up all the cigarettes that were smoked in the world in a year, they'd go to the sun and back. <laughs> Was that your stat? Yeah, no, it's true though. <laughs> like it's like five trillion. It's like five trillion cigarettes get smoked a year, or some <laughs> stupid number like that. <laughs> so what was it? It's something like there's there's seven thousand chemicals in a cigarette, and seventy of those are proven to be carcinogenic, which is it's pretty nuts. Do you know the the story that um, I think of with cigarettes, and it was the one that you told us about the first guy to smoke them in Europe ended up getting locked up and put in jail. Yeah, yeah, and then came out came out, and they've suddenly gone everywhere. And like, What's happened here? I thought I was in jail for that. <laughs> Like you were saying, the police police man who saw them is like, what is he doing? What's smoke coming out of his mouth for? Right, throw him in jail. Yeah, didn't they think he was the devil or something like that? And uh, yeah, <laughs> locked him up. Goes that he was doing it. Um, you know, there's not a lot of new cigarette information, if I'm honest. I did read that um, um, they're still similar bad for acupuncture. You. Yeah, they're still bad for you, and um, there's some evidence that suggests vaping is is as bad for you or certainly damages the lungs, even though it claims perhaps not to. Uh, but, you know, it's one of them, like, I'm not into it. I don't smoke. I, I just know, I, like, I've got 
no real worry. The other thing that we spoke about in the episode, which has now come into effect, is the rules that they've put in in New Zealand, haven't they? Yeah, that's right, Ollie. So what they're doing is every year they're upping the minimum age for cigarettes. But that means that that no one else is ever going to be able to buy them. So this year you've got to be 17 to buy cigarettes or something. But next year you've got to be 18. And the next year you've got to be 19. And they're just going to keep doing it until eventually it's just no one can buy them. So yeah, pretty cool, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's one way of going about it. So I think the rest of the yeah. world will be watching and seeing if it actually works. Yeah, for sure. Tell me then, Liam, there must be a whole load of updates about Florence Nightingale. <laughs> no, but I do remember this. Much like Galileo invented being a scientist, Florence Nightingale invented being a nurse. Now, what yeah. I mean by that is like, like everything you can imagine about nursing seems to have come from her. And we said in the time there probably were some other people that were doing similar things, but she is certainly credited with the one that brought it to the mainstream. We're talking like cleaning the beds, sanitizing stuff, like keeping people apart from each other and not having all these ill people on top of each other. Opening a window, not letting all the horse excrement be by the patients. <laughs> <laughs> all of that stuff. Giving them food, giving them food and drink and clean clothes. Like, yeah. But, yeah. but not only that, this is like the 1800s. This isn't, this isn't like, you know, 2000 years ago. It's like 200 years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. The thing, the thing that sticks out with me about Florence Nightingale, and people might find it interesting to go back and listen, is just how she was a lot more outspoken, like a strong character, determined, would stand yeah. up for things. Yeah. Whereas you sometimes think, you know, nurses, they naturally are kind-hearted and want to look after people. But she was, yeah, she was pretty tough. Pretty tough woman. She then was a really good statistician yeah. um, and she was a bit reclusive. Yeah. She didn't like the limelight. No, and she was actually bed-bound for quite a lot of years, wasn't she? Like from, yeah. from probably her 40s, I think it was. Quite a long time. Uh, so, yeah, but like you said, not a whole lot of updates there. Um I haven't got the list. I can't remember what order that we did them in. So you're going to have to say what the next one is. I know yours is in order. Mine's not. (laughs) So the next one is the Mariana Trench. And the first thing that I remember from this, or what I've learned, I remember saying at the start of the episode, is I didn't even know where it was. I had no idea where the Mariana (laughs) Trench was. I knew it was a super deep place, but I've now actually learned that it's in the Pacific Ocean. It's east of the Philippines, sort of north of Australia, south of Japan. It's sort of on the, the west side of the pacific so that's uh that yeah sticks in my mind yeah and that if you put the mount everest in there you'd still have like more than a mile on top of it before it yep. before you got like this is it's nuts and like next to nobody's been there you know there's been like seven people have been there or something yeah more people have gone to outer space than have gone to the mariana trench which is which is pretty nuts we mentioned in the episode we were talking about water pressure and we actually explained in the episode what water pressure is. And I never really understood why it was such a big thing or, or what it really meant. So I, I that stuck in my mind. But what we did mention, or you certainly mentioned at the time, was we thought that there might have been a Rolex that was named yeah. after it or something. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I said, I, I think they put it on the side of one of the submarines or something, sent it down, brought it back up, and now they can advertise it as the Rolex that goes to the bottom of the sea or something. Yeah, it's exactly. So that's exactly what they did. So they've actually got a Rolex called the Deep Sea Challenger. 
So that's the one that you okay. were thinking of in, in the episode. And it was a watch that they then yeah put on the side of James Cameron's vessel that went down in 2012. Um, yeah, went all the way down to the, the bottom of the Mariana Trench, came back up and was still working fine. So they used it as a marketing thing to say, well, look how well made our watches are. Um, it made me chuckle, you know, where you sometimes get something and it says it's water resistant to two meters or <laughs> that's a whole lot better than that, isn't it? That's gone all the way down. That's under just under 36,000 feet to the bottom of the earth and then come back yeah. up again and still working. Mate, my Casio on my wrist is watch on um, my Casio on my wrist is 50 meter water resistant. So I don't know if it gets to the bottom. <laughs> It'd be crushed before it got to the bottom. I don't know what would happen to it. Um, I did. Men- I forgot to mention my favorite. One of my favorite things with all series is what the word fathom means or, or what it is. Oh yeah. As in, I can't fathom this out, or you know, 40 fathoms under the sea. So they used to measure the depth of the sea by sending rope to the bottom, and what they would do is they would put loads of knots on the rope and the knots would typically be at arm's width, right? And a man's arm's width is about six feet. And an, the word fathom meant to cuddle someone or to embrace someone like an arm's width was a fathom. So this depth of the sea became a fathom and one fathom is about six feet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was your takeaway. You Pretty sure that. I explained it better in the episode. <laughs> I don't know if we should re-edit that. Let's not bother. Listen to the episode. I promise I do it better than that. <laughs> oh, nice. So we then we then moved on to national anthems. There hasn't been a lot of notable or, or newsworthy info that's come up on uh, on national anthems lately. But what would you say if somebody said or asked you about national anthems? Anything that sticks out from the episode for you? Bunch of them are the same with different words. You remember learning that fact? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People yeah. singing the exact same song with different words. Or that they, you know, they'll use the language, the, the national language. But some countries, South America, uh, South Africa, for example, got loads of national national languages. So the yes. national anthem has to be sung in four, five, six different languages. Yeah. And then if you're singing it, you've got to learn them, which is pretty nuts. That's stuck in my mind as well about the multiple language ones. That's quite funny. The thing for me was around a bit controversial about what is the oldest national anthem? Is it God Save the yeah. Queen? from 1745 is it japan's one yeah. or is it the dutch one and it, I, it makes more sense in the episode if you go back and listen but just how it's god save the queen that is the is the oldest one because there's a couple of reasons why japan or the dutch one doesn't quite qualify as the oldest yeah. one yeah for sure something that you'll like liam around national anthems is we've got the super bowl coming up have you seen who's singing the national anthem this year Yes, and I wasn't going to say it because you're not going to care. So I didn't write it down, but I do know. I, I, I don't know if you guys know, but I used to live in America. And uh, I'm all about country music. And Chris Stapleton, who is a country actor, is going to sing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. Oh, you must. That'll be your favourite part, won't it? You'll be loving that of the, uh, of the Super Bowl this year. I ask Alexa to play a country station from West Virginia. Like I'm in Dubai and if I'm cooking, I've got some American country station playing. So I know I knew that ages ago. <laughs> Are there any adverts that stick in your head from that country station in West Virginia? Yeah, you've got to get down to Crossroad Chevrolet. They'll do you a good deal. Go down there. That's that's the place to be, apparently. <laughs> and and the local team, oh, I get this, this is totally off topic. You know, baseball teams and stuff in America have got funny names. Right. Well, 
in Montgomery, their baseball team are called the Montgomery Biscuits. Okay. So let's go biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, come on, digress. Nobody uh, wants to know that. Or maybe they do. Maybe we should do an episode about baseball. Let us know. Or biscuits. So yeah. we then we then move on to kicking off 2023, where we thought this could be quite a good topic if you want to try and actually stick with a New Year's resolution or you want to make some changes, then how about doing the compound effect as a book? So we we went through the compound effect and picked out all the best bits of that. I'm still I'm still implementing some of it. I'm still doing some of the compound effect stuff and trying to make some small changes. I think it was a pretty decent book. Yeah, I completely agree. We also did that book, Eat That Frog. And I just I just remember the, the main, the key thing about the book being that you do you do some you do something really small loads of times and it adds up. Essentially, yeah. you make some make some small, really sensible choices and you just keep doing it. What was it? It said do do six things really well five thousand times. I think it was rather something like than, that, wasn't it? Oh, rather than doing rather than five thousand things well six times yeah Yeah, and um so like for example new year's resolution right i like going to the gym i'm trying to do five minutes of abs five minutes of sit-ups every day like five minutes doesn't mean anything but like you're saying that you do do five minutes every day for 30 days that's like two and a half hours you've done now yep and it doesn't take anything so the the formula that that darren hardy comes up with for the compound effect and he says that this is to have success in all parts of your life you know if that's work money relationships um, health, whatever it might be, is the compound effect is choices plus behavior plus habits over time. And we were saying about how that time is a big factor where the gym, for example, everyone will bumble into yeah. the gym in January. They'll do really, really well for a month and then they don't give it the time to then see the effects from yeah. February onwards because everyone will then then drop their their membership or not stop start going. Yeah, it's that is that lot. Trying to see into the long term is too hard and people yep. can't do it. And um, you just, yeah, time's the difficult one. But yeah, yeah, certainly something to live by though. Just just small, smart, sensible yeah. choices that, that aren't going to hurt you to make and just keep doing it. Yeah. And he says that you'll reap big benefits by doing so. And his overall thing is the compound effect, all these small choices, they're either working for you or they're working against you. Nice. Yeah, for sure. We ran into a little bit of controversy on the next topic. We had a, a few people who got in contact with us about one particular thing around Marvel Avengers. But oh, before we say what the yeah. controversy was, tell us, what does Marvel Avengers mean to you? It means this. Hulk, Iron Man, Captain America, Black Widow, Hawkeye, and Thor. Right? I picked this episode because I need to learn it because all my boy bangs on about is the Avengers at the minute. Yeah. And I just needed to know who they were, what their powers are. And, and that was it. Well, obviously we learned a lot around it, a lot of other things, but my, all I wanted to take away from it was who the Avengers are. And I, I took that away from it. And um, yeah, like you said, got into a bit of controversy about Spider-Man, which we'll mention in a minute, but what did, do you remember what you learned about it? Anything in particular? Yeah, I something that stuck in my head is that it came from comics, and those comics are from like, I don't know, 70 years ago. But it was the, the first four included Ant-Man and Wasp. And how they came up with yeah. their name was like an argument of the first episode saying, so what are we going to call ourselves then? Well, we'll just end up calling ourselves Avengers. All right, call ourselves the Avengers. Yeah. So that stuck in my yeah. mind. 
Then how Hulk left the Avengers straight away. So after the first episode, he wasn't in it. And then how Captain America wasn't discovered until the fourth episode or the fourth comic book, if you like. All of those little things are just stuck in my my head. In a block of ice, though, Cap was, apparently. The default him and he was still alive. Uh, Yeah. So just on Spider-Man then, we were were told off by a couple of people about the way we mentioned Spider-Man. So just... I don't know exactly what I said. I don't know if it was that I said Spider-Man was in the Avengers or wasn't in the Avengers, and, and now he is in the Avengers. So what I think you did is you sort of just listed off when we were talking about how DC Comics started and then Marvel Comics came along. You then ended up putting Spider-Man as part of Marvel. So Spider-Man is now in the Avengers, as far as we know it, as far as all the movies but wasn't to begin with because Sony in the late 90s bought the rights to Spider-Man, only Spider-Man, because they knew Spider-Man was a bit of a big deal in the comics. So they bought Spider-Man. They then bought out a bunch of Spider-Man films with Tobey Maguire in, which you may or may not have seen. These came out before the Avengers did because this was like early 2000s. Then the Avengers at Marvel started getting onto their cinematic universe. They started making Avengers films, but at this point they now didn't own the rights to Spider-Man, so they couldn't put Spider-Man in it even if they wanted to. So then a bunch of Avengers films came out without Spider-Man. Then the rights, I think they then worked together with Sony or the rights reverted back to Marvel or something. And then they got Spider-Man back. So he's now in it, but he got in it late because of like, like it was out of the cinema, you know, it was like some business thing that they couldn't work out. So were we right or were we wrong? I don't know. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what I do know. He was not an original Avenger. There were six (laughs) Avengers and he was not one of them. So (laughs) I'm all right with that. And we said at the time, we're likely going to cause havoc because we're going to get it all wrong anyway. So we actually did get that wrong, probably. It turned out out there's a super complex backstory and history, a really intricate storyline (laughs) for each of the characters, which which is pretty pretty interesting to get into. And as we said, you know, Marvel have got so many different comics and different spin-offs that they all retcon all of the all the storylines and just pretend that storyline now didn't happen and we're starting all over again. And yep. you don't know which one to believe anyway. So anyway. So that was your choice, wasn't was your, it? Yeah, and i I can remember now. Up next was your choice. Uh, and you chose paracetamol or acetaminophen. Acetaminophen, isn't yes. it? That's what it's called. I remember yeah. that. So yeah. The two, yeah, it's not called paracetamol. It's acetaminophen, which comes from the way that the, the I can't remember the long word. Don't paracetaminophen. No Mate, have you remembered that? Yeah. Nice. Well done. I surprised myself. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Yeah. So in the I say the West, in everywhere except for what is it, America and Japan and yep. Canada or something like that we take certain parts of that long word and get paracetamol. They take other parts of it and get acetaminophen. Uh, acetaminophen. Um, yeah, I remember that. I also remember that the thing I took away from it, how easy it is to overdose. Actually, you can, you can, over, if you're not, if you don't weigh very much, you can, you can take quite too many quite quickly. Um, I think it was, didn't we find out it was like 15 or 16. If you only weigh 50 kilos, 15 or 16 in a day would be toxic. Yep. And uh, you know, that relatively doable if you're taking two every three or four hours. Um, anyway, yeah, well, go on. What do you find out? Would you remember anything? Yeah, that they don't know how it works. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You know yeah, it's like the Oscars. They don't know why the Oscars are called the Oscars and they yeah, don't yeah. know how that works. So we, we ended up after a week of researching it, knowing as much about as the scientists do 
about how it works. Like no one knows. Then it's got something to do. It works on your central nervous system. It, it works on your brain. And also the other thing that I quite liked that it was discovered by a bunch of mishaps by um, the pharmacy giving the wrong drug for for some um, different treatments that they were trying to cure. But there's there's not been a yeah. whole load of update with paracetamol apart from France have had some new rules, haven't they? Yeah, France have had to limit where the sale of them because they can't get them from China. And because China have had an outbreak of COVID at the minute, so China are having to keep all of their paracetamol in country and they're, they're restricting exports. So that means other countries now can't get hold of them and France is one of those. So France have had to worry about that. I also read about salt in paracetamol. Um, I read a report about dissolvable paracetamol, you know, the ones you put into your drinks, yes. like Alka's helps, for example. They actually use sodium to help them because it dissolves really quickly. And sodium is one of the main ingredients in salt. Now, if you took the daily limit of Alka-Seltzers, which is, so you take two tablets four times a day, you'd end up taking or consuming more sodium than the NHS recommends you take in a day. Okay. It's dangerous, obviously. You know, taking too much salt can lead to high blood pressure and heart disease and strokes and things like that. So just, it's just something to be wary of, I think. You know, if you're, if, particularly if you like the dissolved ones, just check how much salt's in them because you don't want to be taking too much because, you know, you're getting rid of your headache, but you're giving yourself something else. Nice. So we're, we're doing a public service announcement as well now. I like it. We are more than just a podcast about learning things. <laughs> and then... So finally... That brings us on to the last episode, which was the listener choice. The stock market, as asked for by Dan, which won the listener vote. Is it worth just having a little look at what were some of the other things that almost made it from a from a vote perspective? Yeah, we said in the episode, well, some of these we might actually do because we do quite like them some of the time. So what, you know, a couple of them were... So it lost the final to sinkholes. Somebody asked us to sinkholes and that got through the semis. It ended up being the vote was between the stock market and sinkholes. So we might do sinkholes. Um, someone else asked for lighthouses, which I think is quite interesting. Mascots. I think mascots is quite an interesting one. And somebody put the QWERTY keyboard. We mentioned him earlier, didn't we? Dan Holes is yes. our fan of the series so far, or this series. Uh, he actually went all in on trying to get us to do one of his episodes. Have you got a list of the other ones he suggested? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. He's he's gone for dentists and orthodontistry, mascots, QWERTY keyboard, bread, nuclear fusion, Twitter. I'm sure that there might have even been some more that that Dan threw out there, which is uh, which is pretty good. But yeah, thanks Dan for all of the suggestions. Unfortunately, none of them made, ended up making it. So the stock the stock market though, my main takeaway is when you buy a share, you are not buying one. The company's not selling you one. That is not how it happens. I mean, it does happen, but the vast, vast majority of the time, that is not what's happening. Yeah. I am buying a share in Disney because you are selling a share in Disney and I'm buying it off of you. And you are not Disney. You're just another guy who's got a share in Disney. And you don't want it anymore. And I want it. Like yes. That's mental. I was sure that every time you buy a share, you're buying another one off the company. And I could never work out how that worked because that just meant the company keeps giving them away. Yep. But they're not. They've given a certain amount away and then people are just trading them. Yes. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was that it's way older than what you might think it is, that it actually started in the 1600s by, yeah. what was it, the East India Company? Yeah, the East India Company. East India, like, yeah, they were a trading company. They didn't they yeah. have ships all around the world to trade gold so and spices and things like that. So that, that was the thing, not that it's only from like 70 years ago or 100 years ago from people doing it 
that was the, the thing that stuck in my head. And then having some sort of idea about what a bear or a bull market is, where they get their names from, go yeah. back and have a little listen. If uh, if you heard those two terms and you want to know their origins, etymology, Liam struck again with a little story about why the yeah. bear and bull market exists. Um, I, as soon as we finished that episode, right, as soon as we turned off our recording, I actually then went and read about Berkshire Hathaway. Oh, yeah. So we mentioned Berkshire, Berkshire Hathaway. That, that's the most expensive share you can buy, isn't it? And that's Warren Buffett's investment company. That's it. So you're buying a share in a company that buys shares or invests in shares. Yeah, Warren Buffett so is like, thought to be like the greatest investor ever type thing. He's been around for forever. His company's, yeah, super expensive to buy a share. And when we were saying his shares are what, like a hundred, weren't they a hundred thousand dollars or something like that? They're like four hundred and fifty thousand dollars for one of their class A shares. So I thought anyway, so like what, what does he invest in? Like if this guy, if I'm following this, I want to invest in his investment company, what is it he's invested in? Right. So because they have to announce like what they invest, they have to tell you because that's what they do. So you can find out like every quarter how many shares and what value they've got in different companies. Yep. So Berkshire Hathaway, for example, own 900 million Apple shares worth $132 billion. Oh, wow. And so the reason they need to announce it is because they take such big positions. And yeah, you, you imagine, like you're saying, if you want to follow what Berkshire Hathaway are doing, they will have some sort of swing one way or the other in that share if they're buying or selling them, won't they? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's supply and demand, like we were saying, you know, if, if, so Berkshire Hathaway have got a billion shares in Bank of America worth, worth about $40 billion. Now, if, if it came out that Berkshire Hathaway are selling their Bank of America shares, everyone that's got a Bank of America share is going to want to sell theirs. And it's like that supply and demand just adjust the price down. So equally, for example, they have to announce when they're selling and what they're buying. So at the end of 2022, they sold um, they sold 60% of their shares in a company called US Bancorp, which is worth like $3 billion. Wow. Yeah. And they had to announce that. So if you, if you are US Bancorp and, and one of your major investors is selling, that's not ideal, is it? No. No, it's not. You might be a little bit worried it... It could be a yeah, either a good thing or a bad thing if Berkshire Hathaway start backing you or dropping you. Equally, imagine you're the company Jeffrey's Financial Group, and at the end of the year, Berkshire Hathaway turn up, buy four hundred thirty-three thousand five hundred fifty-eight of your shares for twelve point eight million dollars. Right, that's good, right? Happy days. <laughs> anyway, nice. Anyway, I digress. Uh, yeah, super interesting. Um, it was yeah, really good learning about the stock market. And yeah, thank you to everybody else for the suggestions that that were sent through. So that's that's the series done, Liam. That's series six Mate. wrapped up. More learning done. Six. Hopefully, we've shared some knowledge with some people, and they've shared it with other people. Six series of our little COVID podcast down. I think yeah. that's right. <laughs> yeah, hundred and I don't know how many forty plus countries. It's great. What a cool thing to do. So we'll we'll probably take a break. We might have a week off. Might have two weeks off, I don't know. We'll see. But we'll be back. Well, we'll be back with some more episodes, won't we, I guess? And uh, we've got, we've got, how long is our list of stuff to learn about? Our list is, we've got, like, I mean, it's infinite, isn't it? It just keeps getting added to. Like, we do 12 episodes, but we get suggested 20 more. So <laughs> yeah. we'll just keep picking them off, and uh, we'll keep learning a little bit about everything. And uh, hopefully everybody learns along with us. Yeah, definitely. 
if you're able to leave us a little review on iTunes or if you're able to give us a little five star on Spotify or wherever you're listening, we'd really appreciate that. That's always good to see. Thanks very much, everybody. We'll be back next time with Series 7. Until then... Yeah, get out there and share some two guys, one topic knowledge. Bye.